Hi friends, Annie Lobert here. It's so good to see you on Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, inspire purpose, and ignite passion in hearts of people to spread God's love all over the world. Today, I'm dressed all in black. And yes, it's on purpose. Friends, I am going through a serious storm and I wanted to be true and honest and raw and share with you about my grieving. My mother passed away and it was a total shock. I had signs. I felt like God was showing me over the past couple of years. I was taking more videos of her, recording her, and I kept hearing a little voice in my head, treasure her, be mindful she's not going to be here forever. You know, I think a lot of us think people will last forever. We don't ever think about a parent dying, a child dying, a sister dying, a best friend dying. Death is far from our mind usually because our everyday life is full of people that are alive. And if you don't do this for a living, be a grieving counselor or someone that works in funeral homes or deals with hospital type of things like being a nurse or a doctor, you don't really face death a lot. So this is what's happened to me and my family. And to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to tell you or if I'm going to bust out crying or if I'm going to start shaking, but I do know this. I wanted to do this show to honor my mother. Her name is Joanne. And I say this is because my mom loved Jesus. If I could say anything about her, she loved Jesus since I knew her. My mom brought me to church as a little girl. I became a Lutheran. Even though I'm no longer practicing Lutheranism, I'm kind of non-denominational now. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I just remember as a little girl, she made sure that every single Sunday we were dressed in our Sunday best and we were in Sunday school. And then as I became a teenager, she made sure that I was at church getting into confirmation class, getting confirmed, then getting baptized. And I'm really thankful for my faith that I've developed because of my mother. And I want to honor her today. So this show, and I hope I'm not going to tear up too much, but this show is dedicated to her because I know right now she is watching me. And yes, she would watch Annie's Pink Chair. She loved it. She was so excited to see her daughter's face on television. And she was so proud of me and what I had done with my life, even after being trafficked, by being beaten and sold and being in the sex industry. She was not ashamed of me. She was proud of me. She used to pass around my book to all her friends and she'd share my story with everyone. So right now, I personally, I'm going through the grieving process. Now, I never really studied this, so I started kind of looking up a little bit of articles on it and talking to different people about it. And I am, you guys, I'm fresh out of this 
this experience. Like it is so raw right now to me, but I wanted to share with you today that there's actually with the Christian understanding five to seven to many more stages of grief, but the main, main stages are seven. You know, we can't expect not to feel extreme pain, loss, and shock when a loved one died that we were really close to, and especially a family member. And if I could just brag about my mother, to me, she was the best mom in the world. Now, I know you might argue with me and say that your mom (laughs) was the best mom, whoever that was. And some of us might not have a paternal mom. Some of you have mothers that were grandmas in your life. Some of you had, you know, parents that were like adoptive parents. Some of you had uh, godparents that took care of you, whoever that was in your life. It's important. And I want to remind you, I want you to call them after you watch this show. I want you to text them if they're still alive, obviously, and tell them how much you honor them and appreciate them and love them. You could never say it too much. There's one thing that I do know. If I had just more time to say the things that I never got to say, I would love that gift. It is so priceless. Time. We can never buy it. We can never sell it. It's priceless. And guess what? God has us in the palm of his hand. He has our earth. He has the mountains, the seas, the oceans, the entire universe, the galaxies in the palm of his hand. The first stage, my friends, is shock and denial. When I heard that my mom was sick, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that she had cancer because we thought it was gone. But then we hear she's got cancer again and it's metastasized into other parts of her body. And all of a sudden there was like a kraken on the back of her back and it, it had split her spine in many different places with the arms of the cancer. It took that cancer less than two months to take her out pretty much shock. My husband and I flew into to see her. She was very sick coming from a hospital being transferred. And within 24 hours, she was gone. We did not expect this. I had just talked to her the day before. We were singing to each other on the phone. Like, I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck a hug around the neck. So that was her favorite song. She loved to sing that to me over the phone and in person. She was so excited for my husband and I to come fly in and say hello to her. And we were talking about putting her in hospice because we know that we couldn't have any other alternatives. So uh, that shock stage is something really, really probably one of the hardest stages, but it's also a stage where you cover up your emotions. It says it can be quite upsetting If you don't understand it, you may wonder why you are not crying or showing emotions. Now, friends, when my mom first passed, of course I cried. But to be honest with you, the next couple days, I didn't cry. I was just sitting there like, what just happened? Like, I can't believe this happened. And I was just like kind of floating around thinking, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it's going to be. 
And then I started feeling guilty because I wasn't crying. And to be honest with you, a couple days after she died and I flew home to Las Vegas, I remember landing the plane. Actually, I wasn't landing the plane. Obviously, the plane was landing. I got back to my house and I realized my mother would never step door in my house ever again. She would never sit on my couch and laugh and joke with me. She would never go into the kitchen to make hot coffee. She would never sit on the couch listening to Oz play his guitar. And I went upstairs, sat my suitcase down, sat on the bed, and I just started bawling because it hit me. She's gone and she's never going to come to see me here ever again in my house. She's never going to call the phone again. She's never going to visit Las Vegas again. And it hurt. It was awful. It's like you're in shock. You can't believe it happened. Then you go into stage two, pain and guilt. And I don't know if I'm fluctuating right now because I think I'm out of the shock, but I honestly can be real transparent with you. I think I'm in, I've experienced all the stages actually, but Right now, I'm just coming out of pain and guilt, although there's a lot of pain there. I feel like I could have done more for her care. I've got these emotions of I should have visited her more. I should have spent more time with her. I should have flown in a week earlier. I could have spent that last week with her. Just all these emotions coming to hit my heart and to hit my soul to make me feel guilty. Now, friends, I want to remind you that is a normal part of grieving. Do not beat yourself up. It's also the enemy's way to attack us, to make us feel that it's all our fault. And I want to tell you just flat out, and if I need to just say this to you today, whoever's watching that's grieving right now, that has been grieving, friend, friends, it is not your fault. You need to let that go. Got to give it to God. Trust me, he is the one that gets justice what's happened to your loved one. Um, it's a real chaotic stage. It's uh, hard to get rid of. It's hard to shake off. But then if you can actually go to the next stage, and sometimes you're not going to go to these stages in order. They're going to be like backwards, forwards, middle. The next one is stage three, anger and bargaining. At some point during the process of suffering loss, you'll become really angry. Oh my gosh. Actually, to be honest with you, this was my first stage. I was mad. I was mad I didn't get more time with her. I was mad at the hospital. I was mad at her caregivers. I was mad at the ambulance that transported her. I was mad at the stretcher people. I was mad at anyone that touched my mom that tried to help her. And I was like, if they wouldn't have done this and if they wouldn't have done this and if they wouldn't have given her this drug and all this, then she wouldn't have died as quick. Yeah, I was pretty angry. And I'm going to be honest with you, I still am struggling with being angry. And I have to remind myself that every time I feel angry, I've got to give it to God. I've got to just let it go and not let it eat my soul alive. It's perfectly normal to be angry, even if it appears irrational. I want to encourage you, everyone. Do not feel bad about this. You might have explosive tempers. You might slam the phone down. You might shut the door really hard. You might scream. You might rip up some papers. You might take even things that uh, 
that you have of your, your loved one and just throw them across the room and be mad at them. Like there's so many ways to be, you might be mad with God. So easy to blame this on God, right? Why would God take out such a beautiful person? Why would God take this person from me? How could he do this to me? How could he do it to them? They were so good to other people. They were loved so much by their community. How could he do this? Why? Why do the good people get taken sooner? Why don't we see the wicked punished? And why are the good, it seems like, right? Punished first. But that's another lie of the enemy, my friends. Because listen, it is a gift to go to heaven. It is a blessing for our soul to be transferred to Father God, to be in paradise. Do you think my mom wants to be back here right now? She's in heaven dancing with all the people she loved, having a party, eating all she wants, playing all the music she wants, worshiping God, praising Jesus, hugging on to her mother, hugging on to my sister that died. She doesn't want to come back here. She's got way more people there that she loves than are left here on the earth right now. So to me, this is a stage that's really, it's, it's really easy to just get upset. But then at the same time, we have to remember that it's totally okay to be angry. You've got to process. I want to implore you, my friends, you have to process your emotions. Do not stifle them. I'm crying right now. I'm wiping my face, but that's okay because I am processing my emotions. I'm letting God let go of my emotions for me. And I'm giving it to him. And I'm just being so transparent. To be honest with you, to tell you the story of my mom's death is actually helping me heal. So thank you. This is helping me. Um, you might even find yourself bargaining with God, thinking, you know, God, maybe if I change this about me, you know, maybe you're not going to take out the next person that I love, or maybe you'll bring them back to life. Friends, that's just unreasonable, but it's totally normal with the grieving process. The next step is probably one of the one that I think is the hardest is stage four. It's depression. It's natural to become depressed when you're experiencing a traumatic loss. You may spend a considerable amount of time reflecting on your loss, reflecting on the past, the memories of your loved one, and feeling extremely depressed over the entire situation. You might not want to get out of bed. You might not even feel like eating. You don't want to join activities. You just want to sit and maybe look at the pictures. You just want to, you know, maybe if you're lucky enough to have videos, I'm blessed to have videos on my mom and her voice. Listen to her voicemails over and over again, just to hear her voice. I have my mother's hair. I know to some of you that sounds really morbid, but I have her hair and I open up, even this morning, I opened up that Ziploc and I pulled it out of the bag and I smelled it and I could smell I could smell the way she felt when I hugged her. And it's so precious. It's so precious to know that I can smell her still. And I know it might not be biblical, whatever anyone wants to criticize me. I'm going to tell you something. It's helping me. It's helping me grieve. It's helping you to remember that she was alive, that she was a real person, person and she was beautiful and she mattered and she was my mom. Um, you guys, the sense of despair can happen when you feel empty. Um, you'll never feel that your life will never be, you'll feel that your life will never be the same. But I want to just tell you that this is just a stage. This is a season. Yes, it's probably never going to be the same. 
but eventually it's going to get better. It's going to hurt just a little less. And I want to encourage you, you will get through this. I'm walking this out right now. This is real time for me, real time. And I want to encourage you, walk with me. If you feel like you're alone, I want to just tell you, you are not alone, my friend. You are not alone. God is walking with you. This is what he does. He's here for the brokenhearted. The next stage is five. It's the upward turn. Eventually your depression and sorrow will start to subside. (laughs) Good news, right? While the grieving process is not over, your thoughts and feelings will start to appear more realistic and not as overwhelming. You'll feel a little more organized in your thoughts and maybe you'll start planning your future. You'll start continuing in whatever you were doing, maybe your classes and really focusing on work, getting stuff done that you really are passionate about. Like I have nonprofit work that I do and I just love it. It's helped me the past couple weeks to really focus on the work. And I'm not saying I'm in this stage, but I might be a little bit experiencing a little bit of hope right now. Um, but it's a really good stage. It's, it's, you know, moving down the road towards an eventual, um, some kind of reprieve from the pain that you've been feeling for so long. And then stage six is reconstruction. During this stage, your thoughts and feelings start to return to their normal states. You're not, you're still working through your grief, but you're becoming more and more able to focus on your everyday life. You are developing the ability to see life without the person you lost. And you're, you're developing realistic expectations of the way life is now going to look without your dear loved one next to your side. And, um, Realizing that you can't go in the past anymore. You can't rehash things anymore. Letting that go, letting that kind of fall to the wayside and just accepting it. Trying to accept things for the way they are. Um, And let's move on to number seven. The last stage, acceptance and hope. And that's what I said earlier. You're finally accepting it. Um, Acceptance and hope. They come together to help you move on with your life after experiencing this loss. You finally accept that, yes, your loved one is indeed gone and they'll never come back. And you on this earth will never see them ever again, except for the pictures and the videos and maybe your vision in your heart. However, if you're a believer like I am, you will see your loved one again. And that, my friends, is the hope that I've came here to talk about with you. There is hope for your grieving. There is hope for my grieving. Because guess what? We will see our loved one again. We will be welcomed into heaven. They will most likely be there to greet us hello to hug us and say, oh, I couldn't wait for this day to see you again, to love on you again, to hang out with you again, to laugh with you again, to joke with you again, to sing with you again, to dance with you again, to go on road trips again. See, heaven's a great place. Some people say it's a lot like earth, but it's just beautiful and it's a paradise and nothing bad happens there. And we get to hang out with angels and again, our loved ones. And that's the hope that Jesus gives us of eternal life. 
I look forward to seeing my mom again one day in real time. I know I'm not ready to go and I just wanted to honor her life today with this show because it's really important that even though I'm not done with this process of grieving that I share what's on my heart because I know right now people are watching and listening to this and they're going through this process exactly like me and they're hurting and I want you to know that you're not alone, that God sees you. And in fact, I want you to listen to this. It says in Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Yes, that says right there. By the way, Jesus, these are his words. He was preaching a sermon on the mount to approximately 5,000 people that he fed. And it said that he said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Now, if Jesus said it, you know it has to be true. So allow God to comfort you. Then it says in Revelations 21, 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Yes, that's about heaven, because Jesus has defeated death. He has, be, he has done the best deed possible, died on the cross for all of our sins, and he was risen from the dead to make sure that we be resurrected from the dead. No more death. Death has no more sting. It's done because we live forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. If you're a Christian like me, or if you believe in God like me, do you believe what that says? He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Even if you don't believe that, you need to say this to yourself out loud. God heals my broken heart and God binds up my wounds. I might not feel it now, right now, God, but I believe you're not a liar and that your word is true and that you say that you are the healer and that you will bind up my wounds. In Jesus' name, amen. And then it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast all your care and anxieties on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. He loves you. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. That's Psalm 34, 18. And that is so true. When you feel like you can't talk to anybody, when you don't think anyone understands your pain, you wake up in the middle of the night bawling your eyes out, your body's shaking, you have an anxiety attacks, not wanting to eat, just not wanting to do anything, not wanting to get up out of bed. He, he saves our crushed spirits and, and he, he is near our broken heart and he understands. Do not forget that scripture. When Lazarus had died, Jesus cried. It says in some translations that Jesus wept and he was angry. He was 
angry at death because he didn't like death, just like we don't like death. But he knew that he was going to overcome death. So guess what he did for his friend Lazarus? He rose him from the dead three days after he was dead and stinky. (laughs) And lastly, come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28, 30. And that's Jesus' very words. Friends, God cannot lie. And I know you may feel heavy laden. And I'm, I know that you might feel like you can't get rest. And you just, your heart's like literally dragging on the ground. But I want you to do me a favor. I want you to try, pray with me right now. Jesus, I don't know what to do. I'm grieving. But your word says that I come to you and that you heal my heart and you bind up my wounds. I ask you right now to take this pain and use it for your good. And Lord, show me the good things. And show me how to have hope, Lord. Put hope back in my heart. Lord, give me the courage to come out of this dark place. I reach up my hand to you right now. And I trust you, Lord. I see and I feel the light. And I trust you. That you are the one that heals the brokenhearted. That you are the one that holds me in your arms. And that you have my loved one in your care. And that I have nothing to worry about. So Lord, I trust you right now. I put my faith in you. Jesus, I believe in you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for being my healer. And taking care of the person I love that I've lost that you now have. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining me on this very special pink chair episode about grief. If you need help, you need some prayer, please reach out to us. Just call or text 702-883-5155. Send me a text, send me a call. Also, you can email us at info at pinkchair.org or info at hookersforjesus.net. Get a hold of us on our website, pinkchair.org. Love you guys. I'll see you next time on Annie's Pink Chair. I wanted to know if you knew about our ministry. It's a nonprofit, tax deductible. We help ladies that are sex trafficked, that are 18 and older, get out of trafficking, away from their traffickers, and into our destiny house and our dream house. We help them heal. We are survivor-led. Yes, survivors are helping our girls heal from trauma. And we have many activities, equine therapy, dog therapy, artwork. They work out. They learn how to cook again and they'll get a job. They'll go to school, get their entire life put back together. Listen, we can't do this without you. We need donations. We need your monthly partnership. It is crucial that our two houses don't shut down. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible donation, simply go to 
pinkchair.org. And we are so thankful for your partnership because you are helping us end sex trafficking as we know it. Don't you want to be part of that? Join us. Come and join us at pinkchair.org. <music>